Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here again with our youth pastor, Sam. Today we continue the conversation through the season of Lent, focusing in on the practice of simplicity and decrease. You know, the timing isn't always a banger. No, it's not. Sometimes it ends a little bit too early and you just got to roll with that. And guess, clearly I'm not you know. special anymore either compared to the last couple no, of weeks. No, you are not special. And, well, you are special. You're just not a guest. Uh, you get you know, it. Now, now that Luke is is on his well-deserved sabbatical, uh, Sam is our is our go-to co-guy now. I'm um, going to be filling in for the rest of the, the season. It's going to be a great time. You know, we love... Mm, come on. Love having you. Love having you as a... Uh, special not so much guest uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time yeah, so next week it'll be increasingly less special you'll just get less special as time goes on that's just kind of how that works um but yeah we've got a, a great conversation today um about simplicity and decrease and all of the good things with that i'm i really like this topic personally um i i've actually been trying to make more of an attempt at simplicity lately we actually we our closet was just like full like maddie and i have like a it's like a walk-in closet kind of deal it's i wouldn't say like walk-in walk-in but you walk into it but it's not like this grand room or anything it's just it's a closet um but we had all our clothes in there it was super full and we got to a point where we were just like man what would it look like you know for us um to purge so much so that we just put like we we put everything into like two dressers mm. and stopped using our closet and then converted the closet into a prayer room we we're like what could that look like so we we've been purging like nonstop. we've probably gotten rid of seven or eight trash bags wow full of clothes um we have been minimizing quite a bit and it's it's honestly been really good and putting my things in a drawer now you suddenly become aware of what you don't wear because you're like, oh, these things are still at the bottom of this drawer. <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't, I haven't touched it since I put it in there. You know what I mean? Like maybe I don't need this anymore. Uh, so that's, that's a good time. But no, it's taught me a lot about, you know, getting rid of these things is actually just very helpful for your mental space. Um, you know, and that's kind of one of the, the heartbeats of simplicity um, is this idea that like the less stuff you have, the more space you have. You know, whether that's your home or your your brain space, your brain capacity, or if mm. it's, you know, your schedule, things like that. Like the, the more space, like more space would require you to get rid of things. Right. You know what I mean? Naturally. Like it's, uh, it's the great space bags commercial. Too much stuff and not enough space. Space bags. You did not just reference space bags. Dude, space bags are awesome. <laughs> you take the vacuum seal to it? Yeah, man. Oh, my word. See, but here's the thing. We can't take a space bag to our life. Mm. If you want more space, you got to get rid of stuff. You can't just vacuum. You got to do something. You got to you know. get rid of stuff. Um, and so it is time to declutter, my friends. It is time. Um, and I think we often assume simplicity has to do with just like possessions. And I think it does. It definitely does. Uh, but it's not just possessions. It's also including like your schedule. It's including like what is on your mind all the time. Like, you know, do you have the space to bring God into your life? In reality is really the best way to put it like a 
Uh, John Mark Comer, what he says about it is, he actually says, uh, he says, limiting the number of our possessions, expenses, activities, and social obligations to a level where we are free to live joyfully in the kingdom of Jesus. Like that's, mm. that's what the, the heart to live joyfully. you know, like we have the freedom to live with Jesus when we limit those other things. Um, you know, it's, it gives us the ability to do that. It's, it's making space, um, for Jesus to come in. Um, you know, and he went on to say, um, I think it was in the same book that he wrote that in, but he said, what if more stuff actually equals less of what matters most, less time, less financial freedom, less generosity, which according to Jesus is where the real joy is less peace. As I hurry my way through the mall parking lot, less focus on what life is actually about less mental real estate for creativity, less relationships, less margin, less prayer, less of what I actually ache for. And it's this beautiful idea to me, at least of like, you know, it reinforces what um, the philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard said, you know, purity of the heart is to will one thing. Hmm. And they say that in, uh, in, in James, too, in the letter of James in, in the scriptures. This is this idea of like when you have one thing on your mind, like there's so much freedom in that. Um, when we try to put too much stuff into play, it ends up actually doing more harm than good. Yeah, it just reminds me like even just going back to like grade school, um, the more options like a multiple choice test, the more like the more chances you are to pick something wrong. That's like the biggest thing. Or, <laughs> That's like, such a good analogy. But like, honestly, though, you're just like, OK, well, now I'm between four options. But shoot, now they're adding E to the scantron yeah. and then F and the G yes, and then H yes. and the J. And I'm like, what? what's happening? Yeah. Why? And so I went from like a one in four odds of being at the right thing to like a one in seven That's or one in eight. Actually, so funny. You try to put too many things in the in the mix there. Oh my gosh. And what's hard is like, what makes this so difficult is that our culture is like just polar opposite. Like everything in our culture says more, 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 more. Like we have to have more things like uh, success is considered of like how many possessions you have. You know what I mean? Like how big is your house? How many houses do you have? You know what I mean? Like somehow, right. you know, we just celebrate this, um, this, this idea of greed in every circumstance of like, we want more things in our life and whatever we have isn't enough. There's always something that we want. Yeah. Because we're entirely, we're outcome oriented yeah. people. What's funny though, is that really it ends up being like simplicity is the practice of contentment. If you think about it, it's really like a, I'm going to be content with what I have. Like I'm not going to be constantly asking for more. Instead, I'll be like, you know, this is enough. And so this, this is, this is plenty for me. Yeah, like I have clothes to wear. I have the relationships I have. And what this allows me to do, it allows me to live joyfully with Jesus. Like it allows me, it gives me the freedom to have those relationships. Like I'm able to be interrupted now. You know what I mean? When I open up my schedule, suddenly when people say, oh my gosh, I need help. I can be dependable. Like I can be there for somebody. I can, I can do those things. I, because I'm not spending money on every which thing I have now have the opportunity and the freedom to be generous. You know, you and I were talking about earlier about uh, A.W. Tozer, who's mm -hmm. a pastor in Chicago for about 30 years. And it's interesting because uh, this chapter in his book called The Pursuit of God, the chapter title is The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Which I I just love. Um, but so I'll, I'll read the quote here. Um, so Tozer, this is the actually the intro to the chapter. He says, before the Lord God made man upon the earth, he first prepared for him a world full of useful and pleasant things 
for his sustenance and delight. In the Genesis account of the creation, these are simply things. They were made for man's use, but they were meant always to be external to the man and subservient to him. In the deep heart of the man was a shrine where none but God was worthy to come. Within him was God without a thousand gifts which God had showered upon him. But sin has introduced complications and has made those very gifts of God a potential source of ruin to the soul. Our woes began when God was forced out of his central shrine and things were allowed to enter. Within the human heart, things have taken over. Men have now, by very nature, no peace within their hearts, mm-hmm. for God is crowned there no longer. Man, Whew. that goes in with that, like, uh, when you have all of these other things, like, you have basically removed the room for God. Yeah. Um, I did a simplicity message, a message on simplicity back in 2022, and the main text I used was Matthew 6, and um, it was this idea of, like, the do not worry about all of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so the whole concept was like, if you are seeking everything else, how are you going to seek the kingdom of God? Yeah, you can't. Like, in order to seek the kingdom of God, you must stop seeking everything else. And so it's like simplicity then is this means to, to seeking the kingdom of God. Like, that, the end is to be with Jesus, right? We, we talked about that this like last week. Is like, the end goal is to be with Jesus. Right. You know, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Well, how do we get to Jesus? Well. If we want to put our our time and our money and our focus and our attention and our 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 presence to like all put put all those things towards Jesus, that requires us to not put it in those other places. You know, one yes is a thousand no's. Sure. And so, if we're gonna say yes to Jesus, we need to say no to most everything else. Well, I think it's interesting the way you framed it too, Nick. You talked about you know having Jesus as the end. That's my problem, and I think that's our problem. We see decluttering or maybe even being with Jesus as a means to an end. Mm. That end is selfish. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, okay, well, if I declutter my life, if I, if I purge my closet, like you and Maddie did, if I uh, spend less, if I delete more game apps on my phone or other apps on my phone to save more time, then what am I going to get God? But it's like, Mm. no, 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 no. It's not the question. It's you get God. I get God. Yeah. Yeah. You but, get God. But because in my own selfishness, though, I don't see it that way. Yeah. I see God as a means to an end instead of the end. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, you know, when you're with God, you get a whole slew of other things. Like there is peace that comes with God. There's joy that comes with God. There's delight that comes with God. Right. That is something that you experience. And so, um, but it's a it's another thing entirely to be like, I'm going to get rid of these things to make myself happier. Like that's a different posture to have than I'm going to get rid of these things so that I can be with God and to that be my, holier. so that my delight would come from Jesus yeah. rather than the things that I have because there's a more full delight with Christ mm. than there is in these possessions that I have. So I guess the question for today is, um, I mean, we talked like this is obviously important, right? This is obviously an important thing that we don't really think about in our American culture of just you know constant looking for more. Um, it's difficult. Um, and so because we know it's important, because we know it's difficult, what the heck do we do? Like, how do we do this? We need, we need to, we need to think through like, what are the things that I can do today 
in order to simplify my life, especially in this season of Lent. I mean, Lent is very naturally a good time to to do this. It's a great opportunity for it because it naturally has like this strip the layers back, look at the heart, this kind of bare bones mentality to the season. Um, and so as we as we repent and as we look at our hearts and as we look at our sin and as we look at the ways that we need Christ, we can also look at you know, all of the things that we own and all of the things that we think about, all of the yeah. things in our calendar and say, man, what are the things that need to be pruned? Mm. Like this is a season of pruning that we could say, what are the things that need to be pulled back so that I can get back to the thing that matters most, which is Christ? How can I get back to God? How can I get back there to that, to that just singular me and him? Um, and so we need to ask ourselves, what does that look like? Um, and my first thought with that is to not necessarily go straight to like the clothes or anything like that. Um, although I do wholeheartedly <laughs> believe in that. Um, it's really what it comes down to for me and my brain is that you need to start looking at whatever is taking up the most mental space. Yeah. What is taking up most of your time and your thoughts? You know, I, a buddy of mine, he used the phrase, your mental dollar. Um, and he's like, how much of my mental dollar am I spending on something? Because if I spend, you know, because money is one of the things that we can, you know, there's a confine of like a dollar, right? If I spend 50 cents here, that 50 cents is gone. Right. And so it's very easy. It's then easy for us to put that into perspective of like, if I spend 50 cents of my mental dollar on X, Y, Z today, that means I only have 50 cents left to spend on the other things. And suddenly if we have too many things on our plate. And too many things on our mind, suddenly all we have left to give to God is a cent. Like, oh, we, I can give you a penny. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I can't give you anything more than that because I've, I've filled the rest of my mental dollar up. I've spent it all. Um, and so I think it's important for us to think that through of like, what are we thinking about the most? Mm. Um, because if we can start to replace some of those things with thinking through thinking about God and, and, you know, dwelling with him, I think some of those other things will start to follow. Yeah, thinking that through, and then I'm also just, I mean, naturally, the first thing that comes to my mind when we talk about taking your faith beyond Sunday morning for midweek formation mm -hmm. here in the podcast, what I'm thinking for myself, as well as our listeners, again, I'm always going to speak to myself, yeah. and the listeners just end up listening to yeah. me talking and giving <laughs> giving them the advice I need to hear yeah. myself. Um, what ex On the thread of thoughts, what excuses are coming to mind? Like when, when you mm -hmm. challenge me to be simplistic when you challenge our listeners when we challenge our listeners to declutter what are the first things that are going to come to my mind in your mind mm. that are going to be excuses to which we put forth here's why i can't mm. and take those thoughts and go is this worth my thought dollar yeah is that worth it oh well i've got uh, i've got no free time it's like What's your commute to work? You know, you were talking about this in yeah. Mercy Students last yeah. night in your message. You know, you shower 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes of silence yeah. where you're alone in the yeah. shower. Um, that's 10 minutes of quiet yeah. time you have. So what what are you what are you doing with your mental space for mm -hmm. those 10 minutes? How about your car? Instead of listening to Taylor Swift or whoever, turn hey, that don't, off. Don't like, you don't you dog on Taylor hey, Swift? Hey, listen, like I'm 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 not a I'm not a T Swizzle <laughs> fan. I'll just I'll throw that there. Um for my own I'm probably going to get more cracks you're, in my windshield gonna, at this point for that one. Um, you're going to get canceled. For that honestly, one. yeah. <laughs> Turn Taylor Swift off for yeah. 20 minutes on your car ride. Yeah. 
or if you're seriously desperate, pray for 15 of them and listen to a five minute song of hers yeah. on the last five. Yeah. If you really have to remove but, some things from your brain, right? Remove the excuses. What are the first things coming to your mind? Oh, I can't because you know, I gotta, I gotta get the kid up early in the morning or I, I gotta take my dog for a walk. I gotta do the laundry. It's like you, you can pray during some of that time yeah. or, Oh, well, you know, we've got sports or I really want to play this video game. Can, can you start to sacrifice some yeah. of that? Well, honestly, for some of those things, it's like, oh, it takes forever for me to do laundry. Then you have too many clothes. Mm. Yeah, right? Now you're thinking about your thoughts right you there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, let's just be real. Do we really need all the clothes that we have? No. Do we really? Like, does it really matter if someone says, like, looks at us and is like, hey, didn't he wear that last week? Guess what? We have laundry machines. So of course we wear the same things all the time. <laughs> we have a limited closet. It's not like it's not like I just pick my wardrobe out from all the stores around me every day. Like, no, I have a limited closet. You know what I mean? And so it's I think it's sometimes we we trick ourselves into thinking and I think that comes back to even like an image thing in America of like I want to appear to have much. Yeah. I want to appear to have um, you know, a lot of things because that shows that I, you know, I'm whatever, like whatever it shows, it shows that I have money, whatever it is for you yeah, that you feel the desire to do that. Well, it's the question. How is this helping me become more like Jesus? Yeah. How is this purchase helping me become more like Jesus? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And if it's not, then you really need to think through like, how important is it then? Like what's more important than Jesus? If that's our goal, then shouldn't we like it would make logical sense to start stripping things away that don't go for the goal? You no, I mean, I mean that it, do, totally, that it totally makes sense. That the don't prop- help us get there, especially if things like inhibit us. Like some things are obviously like a sure, this doesn't help me get towards Jesus, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be doing with my time or whatever. But I'm sure there are some things in our lives that are keeping us from it. Like let's start to trace some of those things back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I even did that in myself. Like part of the reason that I wanted to go some like more simplistic in my in my clothing was that like I was starting to get jealous of everybody that I, was, I would see. I would see I'm like, man, I every I could not go to Target without like walking into the men's section and being like, oh, like this is cool, or like going whatever whatever store I was at or we were near, and I'd be like, oh, I want to look at the clothes over here because I just I wish I I wish I looked better for whatever reason. You know, I'm so yeah. vain, you know. So I would be like, what clothes could I have? Um, and so it was just one of those things that I would be constantly looking and I'd be like, man, I just want more. I want more. And the people that I, that I see, I'm like, Ooh, that's really cool. I wish I had that. And you know, stuff like that. There was just like this constant discontentment and this constant desire for more. And eventually that harmed my own self image. Mm. Like that started to harm how I viewed myself and view myself in the, in a different way than God views me. And two, it would start to create this resentment towards different people or like this shame in me of like, man, I don't have clothes like they do or like someone's going to judge me because I don't have you know the best style or anything like that. And so eventually I got to a point where I'm just like, well, what if I just own that? Yeah. Like, what if I just own it? And I just say, yeah, I wear these three or four plain t-shirts, black jeans and a backwards hat. That's my, that's my <laughs> MO. And people know me as that now people know, like, that's just like, I show up and people expect me to wear that. Now I'm at a point where since I'm owning it, I no longer feel weird about the fact that I'm wearing the same thing all the time because now I'm, I've created it as like my mindset has shifted to now this is a discipline for Christ. 
Mm. And so I'm no longer feeling the need because I'm not, that's not my goal. My goal isn't to always have the newest and greatest things. Instead, my goal is to just have clothes that I like enough for me to, you know, wear things on a week to week basis. Um, and even now I could still get rid of more stuff and I might. Yeah. Who knows? Challenge me. Friends, ask me, ask me uh, next time you see me, ask me if I've gotten rid of more stuff. And maybe if enough people keep asking me, I'll, it'll force me to start getting rid of my things <laughs> that I keep, you know, pushing back and pushing, uh, tossing down the field. But yeah, it's just one of those things that we have to remember that all spiritual disciplines and all spiritual practices are a means to an end. Mm. They're always a means to Jesus. Right. You could get rid of all the stuff in the world, all of everything but you still might not be closer to God because there still has to be effort there. You know what I mean? There still has to be an intentionality to being with Jesus that takes place. Like I could get rid of all my wardrobe. There are plenty of people that have only two shirts. Does that make them close to God? No. No, No, it's that I have now opened the space for God to enter into and now I must invite him into that space and intentionally bring him into that space that I've created for him. Yeah. And I think that honestly is one of the big parts of Lent. That's one of the big pieces of pruning. You get rid of these things. You strip back the layers. You say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've you know, fallen short in these ways. I'm sorry that I have neglected to look to you in these ways. And so now I'm going to, I'm going to push those aside. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn away from. And instead, I'm going to invite you into that space. Mm. I'm going to invite you into this space that I'm creating. Because that's where the delight is. That's where the joy is. That's where the life is. Like that's... That's, That's where this life with God, this this what we were intended to live as people, as humans. That's where all of that is. It's with God. It's not with any of our other stuff. It's like you said in that that quote. That quote was so good. Where it's just that when we start to bring all of these things and replace the thing, we we get rid of God and we put all those other things in that spot. Like, it's just it's a watered down version of what Christ can offer. Yeah, and you have things compete the wrong things yeah. competing for the throne it's like of a, our hearts. It's like a tremendously watered down version. It's like when you give a, a little little kid apple juice and you put like a quarter of the a quarter of the cup is apple juice and the rest of it's water because you don't want to give them straight, you know, sugar or all the things or whatever. That's literally what when we what we do when we put all of these other things at the throne of our hearts. We're having super watered down, like a, a watered down life and a watered down experience with God. Um but when we remove those things, when we strip them back, when we simplify, when we minimalize, when we declutter and we make space for God, we can put him back in and suddenly we'll find that there's a more joyous life around the corner. Yeah. There's a joyous life on the other side of simplicity and of prayer and of all of these things and, and all of the practices that we'll be talking about uh, during this season of Lent. And, you know, every single one of these on the other side of it is a life with God. Um, and I just think, I think that we are scared to do them because it's, it's difficult to say no. Mm. Like it's difficult to say no to all the things that nope. we have. You know how many, I'm, I'm a very sentimental person. Like I get like weirdly sentimental attachments to like inanimate objects. Like the macaroni <laughs> candle from Mercy Students? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the, like I'm just the type of person, like I would, when we were purging our closet, I'd see a shirt and I'd be like, oh. That doesn't fit me anymore. I've had it for like four years, but I wore that when I did whatever. And so I don't want to get rid of it. And Maddie was like, 
are you kidding me? <laughs> like <laughs> you haven't even looked at this shirt in three years. Like right. literally stop. And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm it's I understand it is hard to say no to things. It is hard to to take things off of our plate. It's so difficult. Like I will be the first one to meet you in that in that camp and be like, yeah, it's hard. But we have to remember that this is worth it. Like, mm -hmm. yes, it's difficult, but Christ is on the other side. Christ is so much better. Having a life with God, oh my gosh, I would so much rather have a full, beautiful, delightful life with God than have a full closet. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, it's like a, Jesus says, it's uh, Mark 8, 34. Whoever wants to come after him must deny himself, take up his cross and yeah. follow me. Verse 35, for whoever would seek to, basically, whoever would seek to find me will find real life, yeah. but whoever tries to find real life in the world will lose his life. Yeah. Literally. Go lose your life on that shirt that doesn't fit. <laughs> wow. On the pursuit of trying to fit a particular image that you're trendy to, you name it. Yeah. Man, Jesus has a good teachings. Who would have thought? It's almost like the author of life knows how to live a perfect <laughs> life. <laughs> I actually say that in my uh, simplicity message. Really? I literally said that. I'm like, if we're going to live according to our design, who better to like look after than the designer? Who better than the designer? Like, Absolutely. Who better than Jesus? You know, his whole call for, you know, simplicity and for all these things, he's literally just being like, hey, this is a good way to live. It's like Jesus giving advice. That's the best advice that you will ever get. Like you, there's nobody better to give you advice on your life than God. Oh my goodness. And yet we're like, ah, <laughs> it's just that's just jesus that's just religion like we 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 pawn it off we just we write it off as as religious dogma and we're like no i'm not going to do that because that's just religion and religion's not that important in my life right you know or or these other things are more important but no there's 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 life to be had with jesus mm. there's relationship to be had with jesus like there's relationship to have with other people like there is so much there and so much richness within the way that Christ has taught us to live that it's a, it's a shame that we write it off as, as religious rules and legalities. Um, when in reality, it's a, like a God's very, very gracious invitation and very gracious instruction on the best way to live. Yeah. And to see more of him too, it's like, I'm, I'm only thinking of this because Pastor Taylor's in yeah. Florida with family at Disney. Um, but it's like, you know, I think for some of us who have prayed that prayer, we got baptized, we said, yes, I confess to Jesus is mm -hmm. Lord, that he's the sinless son of God, died on the cross for my sins, rose again from the dead. He puts his spirit in me to empower me. Yes. Like I can logically rattle that off. I, I think of that as someone who has punched their ticket at Disney World, who has entered the gates. Mm. And then they're just like hanging around all day at the front gates. Like they went in the gates, they made it in, but then they're sitting there going, man, you know, this is hard. This isn't a lot of fun. What the heck? And mm. then they, they look around at other people laughing and smiling. And then let's just say they're waiting there five hours. They finally go up to someone. Yo, why are you having a good time? Like what's going on? Like I punched my ticket. I'm, I'm here in Disney world. Yeah. Like, uh, how how are you having a good time, man? Like I'm just standing here and the person goes like, 
did you walk around? Yeah. Did, did you, you leave go, the gate? <laughs> did you leave from the gate? Did you mm. go right on the ride? Well, no, 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 no. Like the, the map just seems super complex and I couldn't get around to the park. Wow. It's like, stop, 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 stop. It's not hard. Like, yeah. Do you know exactly how long the waits on certain rides that you have to navigate on? No. Mm. Do you know where exactly everything is in the park? Who exactly you'll meet? How exactly they'll impact yeah. you? No. But the park is fun. Yeah. It's exciting. You're going to have a good time. You're going to meet cool people and some weird people, yeah. but you're going to meet, you're going to meet <laughs> mice can talk. I mean, it's crazy, um, but you're going to meet so many special people and go on all these thrilling and fun rides. You got to leave the front gate. Yeah. And it's not hard to leave the front gate. Yeah. The it's, steps are simple. His way is easy and his burden mm, is light. Yeah. But on the same hand, to an extent, it's almost like there you need it's almost like we need to add more to that analogy of like it's costly. Right. Like, you know, it would require me to leave the gate. You know, it's almost as if the person is very comfortable there. And it's like a uh, that all looks really complex and I don't I'm I'm scared to leave my comfortable position of where I am. Yeah. And so it's easy and it's and it's simple, but it's costly. It requires me to say no. You know, it's almost like someone's like half in, half out. Right. You know, they're like, they're like, I don't know if I want to actually go into the park or not. You know, and it's like, you know, I'm afraid to lose what I have right now. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that it won't live up to my expectations. Maybe, Mm. you know, maybe that's a fear in some people's minds is like, I'm afraid to give everything up and then find out that the expectations that I had isn't what actually that it's not going to bring me the satisfaction. It's not going to bring me the joy. Yeah. Um, I also think of like a basketball player. They finally made their basketball team and they're wearing the jersey mm-hmm. and they're so happy. They're like, I made it. Here I am. I'm playing in, you know, the garden in New York yeah. and this is going to be amazing. And then they go, oh, but if I go on the court, I might get hurt. Mm. I might get elbowed. I might fall to the floor. People yeah. might boo me. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go on the court. And it's like, man. And so then they sit the bench. You're just sitting scared, on the yeah. bench wearing mm. the jersey, but there is like a career to that's be game, had yeah. on the court. And that's our life. There's like fun to be had. Yeah. There's fun to be had. There are challenges. Yeah. You're gonna get your you're gonna get an elbow to the yeah. ribs. You're gonna get you're gonna get banged up, but man, it's gonna be great. Yeah. That's a that's a good analogy too. Mm. Mm. Man, you're just given off all the good analogies today (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's difficult but it's worth it that's that's exactly what it is like a mentor of mine sam jesus never said following him would be easy but he promised it would be worth it Mm. and i've clung to that in the worst and in the best times of my life yeah following jesus is never going to be easy but it's always going to be worth it yeah always yeah that's good well let's give some final encouragements um i'll give one and then i'll turn it over to you yeah um friend i would just encourage you whoever you are listening um and wherever you are at today i would encourage you to to take this as the um the push over the line of like a you know what yeah i need to do this um 
that you would start thinking through, yeah, like I really should take an inventory of my mental, my mental dollar, my, my brain capacity. I really should take inventory of my calendar. I really should look at my closet and my kitchen and my possessions and how much chaos is around me. Should I start to maybe bring some of these things down in order to clear my mind and make space for God? Yeah. What might it, what might it look like to do that? So I encourage you to step into that fully. Um, if you have questions about this, oh my goodness, please tell me. Like, please come find me. I, I love answering questions. I really do. Some, some people are like, oh, email this guy as like they're trying to pawn it off. No, I will take any question you have. Please, 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 please reach out to me. Mm. I would love to talk about this with you because it's so important to me that, that you are able to do this. If there's something holding you back, goodness, I don't want it to. And so if there is something holding you back today, from simplicity, if there's something holding you back from, from getting rid of things and pulling things away to try and make room for Christ and try and make room for enjoying life with God, please, please, please either reach out to me or even just sit with God and sort through that. What does that, what does that need to look like? What needs to change? Um, mm. So that would be my encouragement. No, I love that. I'd follow that up with be with someone who can hold you accountable. Mm. Pick Just pick one area That's of really growth. Good that you want just pick one on where to grow and where you could be more vulnerable in what yeah. you need to get rid of do less of because it's it's beautiful when you have that one person yeah. and to to close us out here there's another uh prayer in the book the pursuit of god by aw tozer and he says this so I'll, I'll i'll just pause and let you uh like listener let the listener silence their their <laughs> heart here lord Teach me to listen. The times are noisy and my ears are weary with the thousand ruckus sounds which continuously assault them. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said to thee, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Let me hear thee speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of thy voice, that its tones may be familiar when the sounds of earth die away. And the only sound will be the music of thy speaking voice. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please, please, please let us know. Uh, you can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. On our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community. And you can get a hold of me or Sam directly as well if you go to the staff page. So thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. 